Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi. <laughs> how are you, Zimmy? I'm good. How are you? It's like finally nice to meet you. I feel like I've developed so many like social media relationships and then like actually seeing people and talking to them is very, very nice. <laughs> Absolutely. So Zimmy, obviously you are the expert of yourself. So I'd love for you to just give us a nice introduction about yourself and also your journey to being where you are at now, which is at American Ballet Theater. Yeah, of course. Um, well, my name is Zimmy Coker and I'm 22 years old and I'm in the court of ballet with American Ballet Theater, my dream company, um, since I was 13. Um, and I started dance when I was six years old and I have not stopped since. I trained with my mother when I was 10, actually, because um, I moved to Colorado, and mm -hmm. basically there wasn't a whole lot of training. I lived in, I live in Manitou Springs, which is a very small town, mm -hmm. so there was limited ballet, and I asked my mom to teach me, and she did, and I auditioned for a summer intensive in Denver in Colorado uh, for American Ballet Theater, and I got in. I saw American Ballet Theater for the first time and I said, I want to dance there and, you know, went through the pre-professional program, JKO, all of that, and then got into the company. Back up a little bit. I love hearing about how you started in a small town because I think a lot of dancers can relate to that, but perhaps feel very intimidated by the idea of studying in a big city and maybe traveling to a big city to further their studies. So can you uh, back up a little bit and walk us through what it was like training in a small town and then the challenges you may have faced when you eventually jumped into New York and the New York scene, you know, being in Union Square, going to JKO, like that, that's a huge shift. Oh, yes. It was completely <laughs> different and I will tell you people like me who have come from small towns felt the exact same way when they moved to New York City and I would say so when I was in Colorado I definitely did not train as much as I did in New York City so I went to a public school right I went to school from 9 a.m to 3 p.m and then I went to take ballet classes until 10 p.m so it was very late in the evening and then you would start the cycle again in New York you know, you start from 10 and end at 7 p.m. And then you do your studies online into the wee hours of the evening, you know, so it doesn't stop. So it's from normal pace to fast pace in motion all the time. So for me, that was the biggest transition is keeping up with myself and making sure I instill healthy habits and take care of my body. Um, 
so yeah, that was definitely the biggest shift for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And how old were you when you moved to the city? 15. Yeah. So I'm super young. So let's talk about those healthy habits. I mean, did you have any resources when it came to knowing how to fuel your body? Because at this point, you know, you're, you're moving to the big city. You have a lot. I know this is what happened to me when I started NYU. I got into Manhattan and all of a sudden I went from, I was in a restrictive place with food before that. And I went to having all of this access to all of these new foods and it actually became quite overwhelming to me. So I'm curious to hear what it was like for you um, entering Manhattan, being in the dance world and so forth. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, my mom cooked home cooked breakfast, lunch, dinner every single day and I didn't even think about food and how it was put on the table until I had to make it myself and what I put in my body and I realized over the years that it's my relationship with food has developed over time in a really healthy way when I'm engaged with others Mm. I realized, wow, it's actually, it brings people together. It's a topic of discussion. It's warming. It's all the people you love are around you. Um, so I would just say it was hard, like finding out what I liked and what felt good for me and how to cook in general, you know? Um, so that was definitely experimental for sure. Yeah, well, I love that point that you bring up, that food has always been for you a topic of conversation, a source of camaraderie, um, where you are able to enjoy this experience being with others. I love your food adventures. It makes me so happy. We have some really good food adventures. We always like walk around at the end of class or at the end of the day and just like find fun places. We love frozen yogurt. We love dessert. So, 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 so much. We love cooking. Yeah. Finding all the new places in New York. Yeah. And that's what dancers need to hear. That food can be something that is fun. It's not only about being a source of fuel, which it is. It's a major part of a dancer's life. You know, as a dancer, our body is our instrument. Mm -hmm. The foods that we put in it are going to have a direct impact on our performance, but that's not everything. Like food is also an experience and going and engaging in that social aspect is something that dancers, especially the younger dancers who tend to get very hyper-focused in, you know, their performance need to know that these experiences also play a role. Your use of experience in your dancing or maybe in your artistry. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, dancers are extremely Mm hyper-focused. And I think, you know, when I was younger, I was focused all the time. And I didn't think about the food that I put in my body. Honestly, I just ate what was on the table and I was full and I was like, oh, that felt great. Didn't think twice because then I was on to the next thing. I was on to my second ballet class and then Mm -hmm. I had homework and then I went to sleep. And I've noticed that the transition from being young to old is that you make all the decisions for yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe what you did before isn't actually you until you discovered on your own, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you're older, you're a little bit more comfortable and you're dancing in your body. And then you're like, you see people like, oh, I have to be careful about what I eat. You hear a lot of that when you are older. Um, And then you become more self-conscious of yourself. But you kind of have to remember where you came from and also the kid in you that when you were younger, you know, you enjoyed these social gatherings of food. Why does it have to be harder when you're older? Um, And I think that's just something to play with. 
Oh my gosh, I love that so much. First of all, I have a four and a half year old at home. And if there's anyone who has taught me about rebuilding my own relationship with food, it is my son. And eventually my daughter, she's only 10 months old now. But um, seeing his love for specifically like dessert reminds me that it is, it's not just this concept, because sometimes as adults, I very often hear like, oh, they're kids, they can eat anything. But the truth is, the same should be for adults, the same should be for dancers, because when we have that inclusive mindset, rather than that exclusive mindset, we can enjoy foods more, we're more likely to eat mindfully, we're less likely to have that comparative mindset, right, which is so common for dancers. And overall, we can just build a more sustainable relationship with both food and our bodies, exactly what you said, you know, learning what feels good for you personally, not for what the other dancer who's quote, unquote, needing to watch what they're eating, what, what works for them, whatever, whatever they're doing, whatever. It, you need yeah. to figure out what works for you. Oh, it's so individualized. I mean, I think about, you know, your, if you think about your thumbprint, you are the only person that has that thumbprint in the world, right? Yes. Your eating patterns are the same. You have, you just have no idea what your cravings are that day. And a lot of the time dancers think about, oh, I have to eat this and eat this at this time of day and all the time. But the thing is, your body is always changing. Sometimes it's really dehydrated and you need water and you're like, I need protein. And I think that we get so obsessed about following trends and what to mm. do we don't know that it's actually healthy for us. Such a good point. The idea that we are human and we're not robots and we ebb and flow, whether that's our hunger cues. Some days we might feel hungrier than other days. We might feel thirstier than other days. Some days might be a day where we need to focus on recovery. Uh, some days might be a day where we need to focus more on like topping off our glycogen and topping off our energy stores. So there's so many nuances and it, it's so much more complex and what we need to focus on is not necessarily what the trends are, not necessarily what like diet culture is, the messages diet culture is sending us, but in fact, what feels good for our personal body or our fingerprint, which is, was beautiful. I love that. Yeah, no, our regimen, it's, we shouldn't think about like, there's a specific diet for sure. Yeah. You know, right. think about like, you know, some days they traveled so much and they have to eat so much to have this energy and obtain more calories. And some days you're just not going to be exercising as much. So you're just not yep. going to be as hungry. And on the days you're exercising, that's when we blame ourselves. Like, why am I so hungry? Why am I eating more? But it's because you, you know, you're dancing so, so much. You need to fuel yourself. For the dancers listening, even it can go both ways. You know, we could have days where we're not moving as much and then our body is playing catch up. You know right. what I mean? And it's catching up on, on perhaps a week long of, I'm sure you experience this when you guys dance during your, when you're in season, sometimes it's probably, um, it could even be harder to get in as much as you need when you are going from like classes and rehearsals. Oh, it is. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is a little bit regimented during those times. So perhaps when you're off, it might be more of your body playing catch up. I already knew you were going to say this before that on my days off, I, I sometimes have to eat more than what right. I did. Because exactly. when you're dancing mentally, like you're thinking of the show, you're thinking, yep. oh, my, oh no, I have to do this. I have to run to this rehearsal. And you have no time. On those days off, I always sometimes just have to fuel myself and eat more. And then I'm like, wow, I'm pumped and ready for this week. <laughs> I think the bottom, the bottom line here, Zimmy, is that dancers need to give themselves grace and not 
be so obsessed with regimen um, and know that our bodies are not robots. You know, one thing with dads is that we sometimes feel or see ourselves as being like superhuman. And I think that it's important to just stay more grounded and stay level and realize that every, you know, every day is going to be different. We're going to feel differently one day from another day. I completely agree. Um, and, you know, as dancers, we are perfectionists with our minds and our bodies. And at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's really nice to treat yourself and to remember that you are a normal human being just like anybody else. And I think that that yes. improves your performance as well when you're balanced, when you're healing your body. Absolutely. Zimmy, let's talk about body image. A lot of dancers struggle with yeah. whether it's internal messaging that they feel in regards to what about their own body, or maybe it's actually receiving commentary that's causing them to second guess how their body looks. How have you been able to maintain um, a balanced approach with body image in the studio? Yeah. So, I mean, we look in the mirror all day, right? That's yes. really tricky. Remembering why you dance in general, mm -hmm. it's because it's what you love to do. Um, and I think that we tend to forget that. Um, we think about all the other things like the aesthetics, what we look like, sure. um, the lines, the perfection, and then we kind of disorient ourselves and get caught up in that instead of the actual dancing. And it sounds like what you're able to do is stay focused on your abilities of your body in dance rather than just solely focusing on the aesthetic of your body and how you're looking in the mirror. I mean, listen, granted, those thoughts are obviously coming in because we are in front of a mirror 24-7 and the very nature of our art means we have to assess every line that we're making in the mirror. But it sounds like you are able to utilize more appreciation for what your body is actually able to do in class. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, appreciating your body. You know, we physically aren't like made to do ballet. If you think about it, like our hips mm -hmm. are not meant to run, like 180 degrees or go all the way up here or jump into right. the air. Um, you know, and what we do is remarkable. And I think that we tend to forget that and we are very, very hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that also it's maturity. When you're younger, you are trying to obtain perfection because you want to become a professional dancer. That is everybody's dream as a dancer. And once you get up there, I will notice, I have noticed that as I'm older, I'm a little bit more comfortable um, with my dancing and with myself which makes it a lot easier in my head of the goals I'm, you know, I'm trying to make for myself. And in the end, I just remind, I remind myself, it's, it's all about balance. When you're mentally happy with yourself, your dancing, it shows, you know, when yeah. um, and just being patient. That's one thing that I've really relearned, just being patient with yourself and taking a breath here and there when you're overwhelmed. And also there are so many people out there dancers you know we talked about having our own kind of you know our own thumbprint right it's mm -hmm. the same with your routines your habitual routines and your habits and um yeah going forth with that and knowing that it's going to be different from other people's and i think it's very difficult you know with social media and a lot of other people saying their perspectives because we now have a million perspectives that we're looking at that it's kind of confused and how do you make your own yeah you know, you have to really make sure, feel it through and what feels good for you intentionally doing that. Right. And then the same goes for your artistry as a dancer. I, I would imagine finding your own, even just 
portraying a character on stage? You know, what, what makes you different as Zimmy portraying one character versus another dancer in the company portraying the same character? That's what builds diversity and that's what builds um, depth as part of the company, which is interesting to think about when we're, when we're thinking about the core, right? Because the core at the end of the day needs to find unity and, and work together. But at the same time, you want to keep a level of your own self as well, because that's what also brings depth into a performance. Yes. And that's how you become more relatable to the audience as well. Yeah. In my and saying that, oh, there are so many different people. They all don't look the same. They don't all don't act the same, mm-hmm. you know? So we want ballet to be as relatable as possible to the public. That's why you perform. You want to move people. We don't want people to see, you know, the same thing every single night. And that's what's also so enjoyable about, like, live performance. Like, actually, mm-hmm. like, seeing mistakes. Because we are human, you know? Yeah. And yeah. some of the best shows that I've been to are when there are mistakes. Because I'm like, I see the creativity yeah. in people you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Dance being relatable and wanting dance and wanting your artistry to be relatable to the audience. And I think that's something that a lot of younger dancers can take as a piece of advice, um, knowing that what they hold to be true to themselves, maybe that's different from the next dancer. And when you're comparing yourself in the mirror and, and perhaps placing judgment upon yourself in comparison to the dancer next to you, how can you actually make that a mindset shift and shift that into, you know, how are you now relating to a different audience than that other dancer might be relating to? And I think that can actually help with a lot of younger dancers in navigating their own body image. Uh, yes, 100%. And, you know, I, I said about a lot about like people seeing other people, like how they act in the studio and how they dance. And I certainly, I see all of those things and I take pieces of what I really like. Like there are so many dancers. I admire every single dancer at ABT and I choose and like, wow, she's really good at that. I, I want to work and I watch and I take a bit from that. And then I take a bit from that because who we are as people are from experiences. It's not just from one experience. So I would just say, open your eyes and really just see what's around you because you'll also be a more well, um, you know, equipped dancer, a more diverse dancer. Absolutely. Now, in line with this, Simi, what about opportunities that may have presented with COVID and you personally? Were you able to experience any anything new because of the pandemic? Um, and also, how has that helped you uh, move away from perhaps hyper-focusing too much on your own personal technique? Well, you know, I had a lot of time at home in my mm-hmm. kitchen with my little square, doing my bar every day, doing a little yeah. bit of center. And the, for the first six months, I was, I was incredibly motivated. I, we, everybody at ABT pretty much just took class on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And over time, I noticed that I was like, I just, I'm not feeling anything anymore. And I'm like, I'm a performer. How is this happening? And other opportunities came up. And kind of what I discovered is I had a lot of time with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think about it as people, we talk to ourselves the most out of anybody that you encounter throughout your day you are the person you talk to the most and I had an epiphany if you will that I need to be the best person for myself the kindest person to me because at the end of the day I want to be good for everybody I want to be happy and the conversations I have in my head 
you know, what you put out there really does come true. So I had this epiphany that I want to be more positive with myself. And I kind of have been bringing that into the studio and like freelance projects. And it's, 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 it's been really amazing. And I think that one thing I want to continue with that is bringing it to ABT and throughout the year when we actually are working like all day, every day, just being kinder to myself, like noticing the thoughts that arise, the negative thoughts and fixing them faster. Whereas when we're just like grinding all the time, we just think, oh, this, 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 we're quick to judge, right? So I'm learning not to be too quick to judge with myself personally. Yes. Oh, I love that. That is such great advice for younger dancers and dancers, whoever's listening out there, if you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, how do I actually do that? How do I go about now transforming negative or even just unhelpful thoughts in my mind? One of the first steps I usually suggest is to honestly go to Pinterest and look for some positive affirmations. Even if you don't necessarily believe these affirmations quite yet, it's almost like you need to have them in your vision, have them in your clear vision, whether that's like on post-it notes, whether that's in your notes app, whether it's the screen on your phone, so that you can constantly be reminded. The more we're reminded, then the easier it becomes to create and build this self-talk that you're talking about that I think as you get older and into your professional career, it might be easier to do than if you are a student who, like you said, is Um, a bit more bombarded with the comparisons and the worry of getting into a company and succeeding in their career. So I love that advice. And for the dancers listening, in my opinion, if you need some place to start with that, consider just some affirmations and mantras, even if you don't believe them quite yet, write them down, get them in your vision. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I really believe in self-fulfilling prophecies, like what you put out there will come true, you know? thinking I'm going to mess up, I'm going to mess up, I'm going to mess up, you might psych yourself out and you most likely will. And that's what I think what I love about this pandemic is I think mentally we have really had time to think about our mental health. Yes. Whereas physical health is what we are mainly focused on Mm 24-7. But up here and here, it's all connected. And I think that people are realizing that. Absolutely. And this reminds me of a tool that I also like to recommend just called visualization, which I'm sure you do before you get onto a performance. I used to do this all the time, just visualizing myself moving through the choreography and the movement. That right there, I think is a perfect example of what you're talking about. Oh, I would do that all the time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I would say to myself, if I'm feeling, oh, my body is so tired. I'm like, my body is tired, but I know that I can do it. And I'm going to drink water. I'm going to fuel myself. You just have to talk to yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, because no one else knows your issues. Only you know your issues and you know how to do them. You can't get that from any outside help. Only you can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Zimmy, the final question that I have for you, I ask all the dancers on here. How would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? Trusting your decisions. I would say, um, I would say just find what makes you tick, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that I'm going to reiterate a lot of the stuff that I said today, just don't be like anybody else. Be like you, you, you know, what feels good, what makes you happy, why you wake up in the morning. Um, having a cup of coffee makes you feel good. Um, and I know this is like a food related topic. And if you're like, I really want like a pastry, have a pastry, enjoy it. Um, I also will say life is very, very short and enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. That was beautiful. You have given us such helpful advice, advice that I honestly haven't gotten on here before, which I think is invaluable. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. This was so much fun. Have a good night. You too. Bye.